to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Megan. Giving back to the community is an act that a lot of people hold near and dear to their hearts, whether that be donating money to a local charity or volunteering their time at a local soup kitchen. And I mention this because today we have three guests who have made a tremendous impact on our South Bend community. Our first guest is Jim Baxter. He is the Director of Community Impact and Engagement at United Way of St. Joseph County. He's also an adjunct instructor at Ivy Tech Community College and the University of Notre Dame and teaches courses in communications to high school students in South Bend. In 2018, he was honored by Ivy Tech with the Lampkin Award for Teacher of the Year. Jim helped organize and continues to help sustain the Emergency Food Initiative Coalition that together provided more than 3 million meals during the COVID-19 pandemic for residents who were experiencing food insecurity, many for the first time in their lives. We're uh, honored to have uh, Jim Baxter on the podcast today, along with our second guest, Jim Conklin, who is the executive director and co-founder of Cultivate Food Rescue. Inspired by his Christian faith, Jim is on a mission to improve the health and nutritional quality of weekend food backpack programs to reduce food insecurity, improve educational performance of kids in our community, and to reduce food waste. Trained as a CPA, he has a 25-year history, which includes commercial banking, auditing, and tax experience, and progressing roles in private company accounting. Prior to becoming executive director, Jim served as director of finance for HeadSite Inc., which was an agricultural engineering company with a mission to use their blessings to help those in need in our community. Jim has a Bachelor of Science in Accounting from Butler University and a Master's in Accounting from Indiana University, South Bend. He has been married to his high school sweetheart, Amy, for 25 years and has two amazing sons. So we also welcome Jim Conklin to our podcast. And then last but not least is our third guest, Tanera Winters, who is the resident district manager of the Food and Nutrition Department at South Bend Community School Corporation. Tanera graduated from Iowa State University with a bachelor's in hotel, restaurant, and institution management. From there, she went on to pursue a career in food service management and has been in the K-12 food service for 24 years. Over the course of her career, she has worked in various positions from production manager, purchasing analyst, and resident district manager. She is originally from Juliet, Illinois, and currently lives in South Bend. She loves to travel, shop, and bake. Please join me in welcoming our three guests, and without further ado, please enjoy our roundtable discussion about community partnerships. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast, Jim Conklin, Jim Baxter, and Tanera Winters. Um, I'm really excited to have all three of you here uh, for this really exciting episode of the Happy and Healthy Podcast because we're going to be discussing community partnerships and why they're important and the benefits that come from them. And a little bit of background on your guys' relationship uh, and your backgrounds. Cultivate, Jim Conklin's organization, has worked with the South Bend School Corporation for a while now. Uh, They had the backpack program, and we've seen the expansion of that with it now in seven buildings. United Way, Jim Baxter's organization, supports local nonprofits like Cultivate in order to best serve those in need. We, us at Chartwells, partnered with South Bend in October 2019 and have served over 2 million meals since the beginning of the pandemic. 
So let's just jump into this conversation. All three of your organizations are heavily involved in the happenings of the local community. So what does community partnership mean to each of you? Well, you just said it. <laughs> you said two million meals. And that's a, that's a big number. And that's one, it reflects a big need. But it's also uh, not that. And we say this even in our regular meetings. That was not time to pat yourselves on the back. But the community came together to respond to a need. And we came together in, two years ago now as, as a group we started talking. So I think it means uh, serving the community and providing for the, for the needs of the community. Yeah, and for, and for me, it's, it's just about serving as many people as possible. Um, you know, certainly with the pandemic and children being at home uh, from school, uh, food insecurity has risen. And so working together, we can serve so many more people than if we're just standing alone by ourselves. Um, it's always made sense for, for us to partner with these organizations, uh, relying on the school that have a, that has a relationship with the children that knows where the need is and, and we can supply meals um, and they can direct it to the best places. So just working together means serving so many more people. Yeah, and it's been a, a real um, collaborative endeavor because we, me not being from this community, um, born and raised, but meeting different folks from the community and being able to develop those partnerships so that we can um, expand and find out who else can help the students and who else can help those in the community that we service through the school corporation. So it's been um, those partnerships that we've allowed to uh we, our partnerships here at the school corporation with myself grew and we were able to get more resources for those in the community that we're servicing. So it's been um, really interesting and a good learning experience to work with um, Jim from Cultivate and Jim from the United Way. <laughs> and for us, you know, we've grown from 100 backpacks at Madison with one school and now in seven schools and 400 students, right? So that's a good example of being able to serve more students and being connected with uh, the administration, right? Helps us get those meals to the students on a weekly basis. So um, it's a week by week, week communication. I think during COVID there was some 20 plus sites where we were all distributing meals. So we're we're talking weekly to figure out all those logistics and, um, and it's worthwhile because you help so many more people. Yes. Helping the community is very important to each of you. But I, my question is, how did your relationship with like all three of your organizations come together? How did that start? Um, what was the impetus for that? And would you like to start Jim Conklin? Yeah, I mean, it was it's actually it was fairly simple. Um, Jim and I were talking and, you know, as COVID started kind of breaking, um, I just got this really bad gut feeling that food needs were going to be high. And, and um, certainly the school corporation understands the day-to-day -day need and, and they had the same gut feeling. And so did United Way, right? And so I said, Jim, hey, we, we just need to convene school system and uh, Mary Jo at the food bank and uh, real services and, and just have a, you know, have a weekly conversation about where do we see the need and, you know, how can we work together to help that? And it was it was really that simple. And then um, everybody responded positively with saying, yes, we want to we want to take time on our schedule and and just uh, meet virtually to discuss how we can serve more people. So um, convening the group was was fairly easy because um, everybody's passionate about serving people um, and then collaborating together as a group. Um, it, a, it's great because 
these are great people to work with and B um, that that fulfillment of serving more people makes it all worthwhile. And it, it really, uh, at the very beginning, it was very simple because Jim called me and told me exactly what, what, what he told you is that, you know, I think we need to get some people together here. Um, and, uh, and we do have a community that does participate and does jump in. And the, the amazing, I think really in when the history is written, the amazing thing will be how long and how consistent that group stayed together. We're still to this day meeting at 7.30 a.m. Friday mornings every other week now, not every week. But for a, a good two years, we were meeting regularly, and there, uh, uh, Tanera gets our one of our attendance awards uh, for showing up. But I think they saw the value in that collaboration, which is uh, just what Jim was referring to. So it started very easily, and and because of the need, I think it it sustained itself throughout the pandemic and now beyond. Yeah, it allowed us to just because I didn't even know who you were, were you know, didn't know who you guys were, um, and met so many people like Mary Jo from the food bank, and then the, just the different food pantries and real services is going to help us hopefully with another um, helpful item this week here. But just learning, you know, what everybody does and how can we assist and collaborate together and just okay, I've got this. Can you utilize this? Or we've got this. Jim, can you cultivate? Can you can you utilize this? Yes, I'll come get it. And just those cross partnerships and um, being able to help each other to get things to where people need them. It was just quite amazing. And mm-hmm. just understanding and helping and it allowed for us to help in other ways too. Helping the young lady who was starting a summer program and didn't know how to do any of the paperwork. I'm like, well, we have to do that. So give me a call. You're able to link up like that. So to help grow them and give them that knowledge as well. It's just, it's been really fun and it's been great. And it's, it's unique. I mean, this is, I mean, we think it kind of comes naturally to us because we like each other and we see each other uh, occasionally, if if not every week on uh, the calls. But there are other communities where this kind of collaboration, I've been told, where this kind of collaboration does not occur. So I think South Bend, because of the, we have a lot of assets. We have a lot of people working, and, and we have a lot of willingness to collaborate. I think that we don't want to lose track. Of it. I mean, you can't. Again, you can't. Don't get a trophy for it. Right. But it is unique. It's something that happens here, and, and probably a few other places. And I remember when the pandemic hit. Uh, I, I remember the school corp. Uh, the best way I can explain: pausing, saying, "How are we going to feed our kids?" Right, and 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 um, not being involved in the school system before, and and seeing the corporation stop and think our kids need to eat, like being a member of this community, I went, wow, that's that's a wow, this is a big problem. B and the schools heavily invested in it, and it was it was such a great feeling to see see the see this you know not not just education but. Our kids need to be nourished during this time, and and then uh, United Way coming together and the St. Joe Community Foundation coming together said, you know, here's here's a hundred thousand dollars, make some meals. Uh, South Bend Parks Department saying. Um, Volunteers are a little sketchy right at the beginning of COVID. We didn't know any of the details. We didn't know much about it. Um, and their employees coming over and volunteering at Cultivate to put together like 80,000 meals. So right at the beginning when there was so much uncertainty, these folks came together and said, okay, we're going to try to reduce the uncertainty around food and we're going to take that seriously. And it, it was just, it was kind of this powerful thing that happened because it's a close knit community and we have people like uh, Jim and Tanera that are totally vested in the well being of other people in the community. 
I'm from a small town in southern Indiana. Food insecurity has never occurred to me. I knew it was something that existed and something that happened to other people, but I never actually witnessed it, never experienced that. So when I moved up here and began with Charwells and working with Tanera, and when the pandemic hit, it became it became my reality, as it's been a reality for many people for sometimes their whole lives. So it's been really astounding to see um, all of you work towards that common goal. Uh, I think that's a really powerful thing to see. But going back to what you were saying, Jim Baxter, about the weekly calls that all three of you would have, um, that was the Health Improvement Alliance of St. Joseph County, correct? Well, that's where it started because that's where I was, uh, that's where this whole coalition started really when I was working there. I don't work there anymore, but I, I'm full-time at United Way. But yeah, that's where it started was that group uh, has uh, medical professionals, we have schools, we have uh, everybody involved in health improvement was the essentially the crop from which we could pick to invite uh, people to to work on this particular issue. So, yeah, that's where it started. Food security is uh, a part of that uh, equation, and so uh, Cultivate was involved in HIA. Mm-hmm. And um, as we started thinking, people the the group that meets biweekly is just focused on food security and and food resources in the community, and and so that's one segment of health that this group spun off on and mm-hmm. and is totally focused on, and so but we were able. We had relationships that we could lean on through HIA to bring these people together, say, you know, Mayor Joe at the food bank and uh, George at uh, Real Services. Like, how do we work together? Uh, we've given uh, George, uh, you know, packaging for his meals and he's given us food and Tanera's given us food. It's like, how do we orchestrate things together? Because the whole supply chain, it's been pretty messed up during COVID and, <laughs> and just little nuances, being able to work as a group, uh, we've been able to solve problems that we would have had a hard time doing on our own. Absolutely. Like I think of one and all this, it all stemmed from COVID. So that's one positive that came from it. Um, The networking and being able to, to work together, but like the milk situation for us, you'd obtain, you know, you could get milk for us on pallets of gallons, which was it came in clutch because we're giving out eight ounce, you know, little containers of milk. And at that time, we're giving out packs for five meals and, and three, two, three meals. So that's a whole lot of milk to carry where then we were able to get that milk and utilize it and give out gallons, which was super helpful instead of carrying all these little things of milk. And it just those things like we would have I would have not known about that. And you were able to assist with that. And just, you know, Mary Jo at the food bank being able to easily know who to connect with to have more distribution um, sites at some of the schools, it just it becomes more natural and easier to know who the right people are to get the things done that we want to get accomplished. So I think that's one of the the really nice things that came from that still comes from those those calls. And, and for us, the, the school plays a huge part in the facilitating of our backpack program, right? Mm-hmm. So now we can go to eight different schools, right, and drop off backpacks. And um, and food insecurity is an urban issue, but it's a rural issue as well, you know. And, but all those kids come together in one building. So for us to be able to take all the meals for that school to that one location versus trying to disperse them to 50 or 100 different students, um, the school helps us do that, right? It's 
it's their personnel that stores the food that day and hands out those backpacks to kids. So, I mean, that's that's a great visual of the collaboration that happens in order for our program to function within the community. Wow. And we also have, uh, we've talked about the, the group that we've kind of, I don't think we ever, we're not an officially functioning organization, but we call it the Emergency Food Initiative. But there is also uh, at United Way uh, a group of about 20, uh, 25 uh, independent food pantries who are also doing similar work in their own communities. And these, these people take care of maybe once a month, uh, maybe once a week, but they've, they've grown, they take care of their own people. We're able to get a feel for the, the food ecosystem, if you will, um, and begin to use these resources throughout the county to support just about everybody in the long term. I mean, we'll, we'll get through COVID whenever that happens. <laughs> uh, but I think the need obviously is there because we know there's, uh, we know just at almost 20% of our people still don't have enough food to eat. And even I, as we I remember that. Aaron Perry trying to estimate how many people that we were feeding collectively yeah. during the height of COVID. And yeah. it was somewhere 20 to 25% of the population that we were providing food support to wow. right at the onset of COVID. And, you know, that's, that's a lot of people. And like I said, I'd, independently, I'm not sure we could have handled that kind of thing, but as working as a group, um, we not only handled it, we handled it pretty efficiently. And it's, it's pretty amazing how, how many people we were able to support when there was so much uncertainty in March and April of 2020. The three of you have been through the in the trenches together, <laughs> as you've with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you know, I we've all been do you know survived that interesting time, and um, we came together to find new solutions to fight food insecurity, and we've done that, and now we're sitting in you know February of 2022. So, how do you see your partnership? expanding and growing in the future we still meet <laughs> so uh, because one there is still a need uh, United Way measures uh, does a, a measurement of the community called Alice which is asset limited income uh, constrained so it's working people who are poor who, who need that extra support that's not going to go away it, it may go down it may go up and down as time progresses uh, but I think this group is pretty committed to seeing what we can do to provide for those people and then Beyond that, what we're just beginning to do is work on food security systems, which is a lot more than just hunger. Why did this happen in the first place? Uh, that's a much bigger, much longer term project, requires a lot of, uh, and Jim's helping with, with that as well. So we have, the, again, we have the relationships in place to, okay, let's talk about it so that the next pandemic or whatever we call the next thing uh, may not affect us as dramatically as this one did. So we're still... We're still talking about this food ecosystem, if you will, uh, going for and, and plan to do it going forward. United Way is devoting some resources to doing that, so we'll keep talking. Wonderful. Yeah, and for I mean, for us, um, I think going forward is just getting more school corporations to be where South Bend is and uh, Chartwells and you know donating donating food. There's 
there's a lot of hesitation, uh, not just in school systems, but even in companies as well, around the liability of donating food. So I, I think self-end schools is a great example of like, hey, you can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, during shutdowns or if you have excess or something was over order or it's close to, uh, uh, you know, reaching its expiration date. Uh, so we can support um you know, people in community, but even your own students. I mean, I think that's kind of a, a powerful example of um, making sure we utilize all the food resources that we have already in the community before we buy more, right? And so that's that's good stewardship and um, with coordination and discussing, like we can do that. And I think this, this example can not only grow within South Bend schools, but across uh, school systems in the three counties we serve. So uh, for us, South Bend's been a great example of Hey, we we can actually donate food. We can we can serve more people and not let let these resources go to waste. And then with our partnerships, um, it's again it goes back to making those connections and who can assist with what. Um, so our partnerships have grown um, just by reaching out to Jim Conklin, like okay, you know we we've, we've got the school. Can you help in this instance? We've got these few families here that are you know in great need. Can you assist? And he's like certainly. Yes, you know, we'll, we connect the dots. And then on the United Way front, um, I reach out to Jim multiple times and say, <laughs> I have this issue. Do you know anybody that can assist with this um, challenge that we're having right now? And he'll get me a list of names or resources and that, and we can pass it along. Um, there's been a variety of different programs or different things that we've been able to utilize to help um, employees. Um with well-being things, um, rides, uh, bus passes, food, whatever it is, daycare, that sort of thing. So those relationship developments and they continue to expand as Jim gives me different names for different people and we reach out and we make those connections and then the school corporation has those names where they can efficiently help other um, people with different challenges they have, they know where to go. So that's been that's been amazing. That's what we want, and, and uh, we, some of this podcast is about the United Way's building some neighborhood centers, and and they're designed to be one stop shop, uh, if you if you will. That's an ugly phrase, I think, but where people can go to get all the resources in one place. Because community, we don't know what's a, what's available, and one of the things that that we've been able to to take away from this this model is that if you're hungry. There are probably other issues going on with your family or your life. So let's begin to talk about those that assist you, as Tanara said, with those kinds of issues as well. So I think it will continue to evolve into something even bigger than, than just feeding people. Yeah. We, we were able to help, I know, at Thanksgiving, working with uh, two of the elementary schools and the Martin Middle School, Ivy Tech and United Ways being one of our funders, we were able to serve 300 traditional right meals. Uh, to people in the school corporation for their families, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a that was a coordination between um, not just us, but Ivy Tech coming in and helping us prepare the food as well. So, just bringing those just more examples of communities, um, people in the community, organizations, community coming together, right, to serve to serve people and you know focused on uh, the well being of, of the people in the community. And I think I think if we were able to do that, we we can. Uh, put food as one thing out there in abundance, we believe that um, it will help the performance of kids in school. Mm -hmm. The kids come to school more often, they're better behaved because they didn't spend the weekend hungry. Um, Their Mm -hmm. academic performance improves. um, And then that leads to, um, you know, graduating, which 
leads to more success. And um, anything that we can do, um, teachers um, and school administrators in Tanera, I mean, being on the front line, um, you know, it, between the hospitals and schools, there's been so much chaos around COVID to be able to help them do their job um, and have a positive impact that is just an honor for us to do that because um, they, on day by day basis, are, are working very hard to make a difference in, in these kids' life. And um, if we can make their job easier or help them in any way, it's a very rewarding thing to do. I'm happy to hear that, you know, your work's not done. You're going to continue to help the community in whatever way you can, whether that be expanding your the backpack program or uh, building a community center or continuing to feed our students. Yeah. Um, but so before we wrap up, where can our listeners find more information about your respective organizations? You can find uh, United Way at United Way. Uh, you, uh, well, you can find me at jbaxter at uwsjc.org, but United Way website has um, a list of information about the programs, kind of what we're doing now, um, what we're doing in the in the food uh, security system area. So it, it's it's widely, we publicize, <laughs> so it's widely available. Yeah, Cultivate is, uh, our website is www.cultivateculinary.com. Uh, cer- certainly liking us on Facebook. Um, we use that medium to share a lot of the things that we're doing in, in the community. Um, but uh, my email is jimc at cultivatecolinary.com so you can reach out by email. Um, and then for us, we're we're investing in a very large community freezer uh, coming up here. We just got news that we were awarded a million dollar grant from the St. Joe County. Congratulations. To build this facility that's for the community. And all, really that whole idea came out of this partnership, right? Seeing how pantries struggle, working with um, the people got to eat program in United Way, working with the school system during COVID. Um, we got to see that we need to get the food closer to the people that are struggling. And but we need a, a place in the community where food can be stored. Um, many of our pantries, um, many of our schools, right, um, black cold storage space. And, and this will uh, be a community resource that those pantries and social service agency that support the vulnerable can use at no cost. So it's not just this whole experience. It's become not just about cultivate, but really about the community and how can we work with people to feed more people. Awesome. That's exciting. Thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and serving up happy and healthy with us. And thank you for all that you do for our South Bend community. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you for all you do. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to our roundtable discussion about community partnerships. I want to thank Jim, Jim, and Tanera for taking the time out of their busy schedules to come and talk about that with me on the Happy and Healthy podcast. I will list Jim and Jim's contact information in the show notes or in the description box if you're listening to this episode on YouTube. I will also link an article that I wrote uh, where I interviewed Barb Schmidt of Madison Steam Academy about her experience with Cultivate's backpack program. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happy and Healthy podcast and for serving up Happy and Healthy with us. Until next time.